0: tie a tire on your neck and choke yourself a little bit do you Ooh, get kinky <laughs> do you get, aroused or, <laughs> do you get anxious? aroused or you get anxious from being like you know <laughs> it's, it's whatever you want it to be in this day and age yeah. <laughs> ambitious dude ever since we came back from that vegas trip i've had a new level of confidence
1: yeah same here it's kind of ebbed and flowed a little bit but definitely it's <laughs> yeah something sure. i've tried to keep on my mind and because it's not always just totally natural. Sometimes you have to like really focus in on it and remind yourself and, uh, you know, straighten your back up a little bit and just
0: say, hey, you're the guy. Yeah, it's so true. It definitely ebbs and flows and you have to really, there's a version of yourself that's confident. There's a version of yourself that isn't. And it's like a choice, like a conscious decision you have to make every day where you're like, I'm going to be the confident version of myself today, not the bitch version, which is usually why every day (laughs) just like a dog that's been whipped you're just just cowering somewhere exactly yeah okay so let's uh welcome to the podcast thank you jeremy i'm glad to be here what Um, do you want
1: the audience to know about yourself oh boy um hmm, i'm a confident guy but (laughs) i also uh, lack confidence in certain areas yeah put
0: it into the universe i'm a confident human being that's right yeah Yep. nice uh, well, great! I'm excited to have you on. I am. Um, how did? When did we meet? We
1: met probably ten and a half. No, oh, it was right after my mission. Yeah, yeah, it was right. I think it was right before Riley and I got
0: married. Um, you came home, but you left pretty quick, right? Yeah, I moved to Utah. Yeah, got married, so we didn't really become too good of friends until. I don't know. We started working together. Yeah. Yep. I remember
1: we kind of like would bump into each other from time to time. If you were visiting here or if I visited Jesse and Provo and then, but yeah, when you moved back, um, I think it was even a little
0: while after you moved back still before we, but yeah, I think when we started working together. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I moved back and then moved away again, came back. Yeah. Anyway. So we've been hanging out at artifacts for like about a year since the beginning of COVID.
1: Yeah. Artifacts is such an open place, so
0: you get to learn a lot about somebody in a short period of time. Yeah, man. I had my first anxiety attack inside Artifacts. I had my first and my last one there. Uh, man, I yeah, I hope I never have another one. God, it was terrible. When my dad came down there and then brought me upstairs because I thought that I was just breathing propane and that's the source <laughs> of my anxiety, I was like, no, like, this is even worse. Like Now I'm going to have to have an anxiety attack in front of Jeremy. Yeah
1: yeah i was seeing your what do do they call it your soft white underbelly oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) well thanks
0: for not judging me too hard
1: definitely not no i uh i I wouldn't say i'm a person that offers great advice on certain things but i definitely am a person that's uh comfortable listening and hearing people's you know hearing their
0: shit yeah Mm -hmm. yeah you are good at that i actually like your advice i'm gonna turn down this ac it's kind of I would say that the contrast of <clears throat> having these anxiety attacks over the past few weeks has really assisted me stepping into the confident version of myself because I understand what the anxiety feels like so well or so acutely. Yeah. That I'm like, I don't want to do that. And so the alternative is just the other side and I'm trying really hard right now to not swing super hard into the extreme confident version of myself, because I think that that can really drop you into like selfishness. And yeah.
1: Yeah. Pride. I find that when I am like in a really confident state, I, it, it sometimes comes across as uh, passive or passive aggressive, like stay out of my way. don't, oh you know get on my level or let's you know let's have some space because i don't want to be brought down um so yeah I, I mean i feel like i swing pretty hard on that you know sometimes my my shoulders are rolled forward and i'm kind of trying to hide in my own space and sometimes my chest is puffed out and i just feel like nothing could get in my way and mm-hmm. it's it's such a stark difference uh that uh it's kind
0: of almost manic in a way yeah I can see that. What would a what would a good balance of confidence look like to you?
1: Yeah, I've been trying to like isolate that in my mind. Um and I think it's just, you know I when I was younger, I used to always feel like nice guys finished last, like in, you know, when I was dating and things like that, I always kind of had this mentality that the person that cares the least has the most power in the relationship. Hmm. And so as I like think about that and trying to focus in on how to be confident, but also be uh, a person that's very approachable still and can like tone it down. It's being able to be confident in yourself uh, and have, cause I want for, for people to see that. I mean, I, I want to be confident for myself, but I also want for people to see like, Oh, this guy, this guy's confident. I want to be around him. Um, so it's being confident, but also being inviting, being friendly, remembering to be kind and not allow
0: your your own uh, thoughts and ideas to overpower everyone else. Oh, yeah. So maintain, maintaining an open mind. Yeah. Do you find that being a man, a white man, not well, maybe not white, but just... I'm more of a pale white, <laughs> not a true white. We're both milky white yeah. American men. Yeah. Uh, there's this obsession with... Um, <sighs> what's the word emasculating demasculating men yeah where mm-hmm. society is trying to push men to be more soft like to tap into their soft soft side or to be less macho there's this toxic masculinity conversations going on where it it's toxic to be the traditional man so how do you how do you because i i would consider myself more of a sensitive guy Mm-hmm. sensitive and soft with an a soft white underbelly yeah <laughs> <laughs> but as i try to step into this confident version of myself i i find that sometimes i do swing pretty hard and i i can bulldoze people in conversation or i i don't know start calling people names yeah so like, how do i <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i got called Braden a fucker the other day on the phone <laughs> it's like yeah dude i'm coming over i'll see you soon fucker I'm like <laughs> yeah. why did i, why did yeah. I say that Oh, I'm like, my is this me trying too hard to be confident? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't want to be this inauthentic version of confident.
1: I wonder you know, when you were a kid, like what were you taught about confidence? Were you a person that the lifestyle that you and your family lived that would one that would be, was it a life that would build a lot of confidence in you? It's a good question. Because for me, my, so we lived in California. My dad worked for the state, uh, prison system did pretty well, um, and it was just, you know, um, we lived a very normal American life. When we moved from California to Oregon, um, my parents fell into some significant financial trouble. And so my entire growing up from about the age of 10 until, uh, I moved out when I was uh, 18, there was not a thing in our life that would be a confidence builder. Like mm-hmm. that we, we always saw what other people had that we did not have. We watched from the sidelines on a lot of things. So I kind of learned this habit of, you know, I'm on the sidelines, life passes me by kind of thing. And so that's kind of ingrained in me from as a, a child and trying to like defeat that in myself. Cause my life is so vastly different now than, than it was then. I mean, I have, I mean, not to brag, but I have every right in the world to be an incredibly confident person. But my, uh, I think it's called family of origin. Like the way that I grew up limits that, you know, and it's, it's just going to have to be a slow progression to learn to shrug off the doubts that I always had when I was a kid.
0: Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to think back that far. And and if I was given a, given space to be confident or taught how to be confident i don't i don't really think so i was more taught how to be soft like how to be sensitive to feelings of you know the spirit how to be right um i don't know yeah
1: you kind of yeah i i have been using the phrase a lot lately like you can either be moved upon by the world or you can move upon the world. Like you Mm. can, something can be happening to you or you can be the thing that's happening to the world. Right. And, um, so it's like when I am really focused in on it a lot, it changes the way that I sit. It changes the way that I stand, changes the way that I walk. I mean, it's, it changes the way that I eat. Like Mm -hmm. I, uh, you know, I, I tend to like, shrug my f- shoulders forward a little bit when mm-hmm. I eat almost like I'm like building a little cocoon for myself. But when I'm feeling more confident, I, I it's even that changes like,
0: I chew with my mouth
1: open. Now. <laughs> yeah. I just like spit things on the floor. No. <laughs> um, uh, I, I, I have my it's chest, really interesting. Though. you know, more stuck out and I'm like very aware of like, does my posture tell the story that I'm hearing about myself in my head or am I slumped down? Um, Am I smiling? Am I making good eye contact with people? Um, Am I being uh, totally present in conversations and being like the person
0: that progresses it? Or am I waiting for this awkward moment to then just walk away? (laughs) Yeah. I think the the issue or the struggle that I'm experiencing right now is uh, the confident version of myself feels better. Yeah. But it's just not my... It's not the first version of myself that... I wake up and feel. Mm -hmm. And so I'm trying to get to that point where it's just, I wake up and I, and I am that version, but right now it's just not that way. Yeah. So it's always a, it takes a lot of energy. It takes a conscious decision. Um, I mean, it affects, yeah, I I like what you said about affecting your posture, the way that you eat, the way that you sit. It really does Mm -hmm. affect every single aspect of your life. I'm reading this book right now called mating in captivity. It's a really good book (laughs) and not to, but confidence affects like the way that you, I I guess, mate with your partner.
1: Absolutely. But
0: the book dives into how like this power dynamic with, uh, with couples, a lot of times people don't want to give over their power in Mm -hmm. like business or in everyday life, but in the bedroom it's, it's not that way. It's like a chance, a safe space to like submit to, to power. Yeah, and uh, to enjoy that, to let go of that control. So it's yeah. That's another thing I've been thinking about is like, how do I? Maybe I can explore it there first in a safe space, and then it will slowly start to expand outward from there. This episode is brought to you by Artifacts Fine Jewelry. If you haven't found unique jewelry and fine art in Southern Oregon, then you owe it to yourself to take that short drive to Ashland. You can witness for yourself what Artifacts Fine Jewelry has to offer. They're a full-service jewelry store, the type that you typically don't see anymore. It's really unique in there. They have a men's ring selection like you've never seen. They can custom make any ring or custom piece of jewelry that you can imagine. And with those custom projects, they offer videographies that you can see that ring all the way from conception to the wax process to the carving process to the very finished piece. Super, super nice, and I do that videography. Come into Artifacts. And mention the Ambitious Podcast and get 10% off of your jewelry purchase. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Ostra's Tapas and Wine Bar. Are you looking to escape Ashland, Oregon and try something new? Ostra's Tapas and Wine Bar is the perfect spot that bridges Oregon and Spain with food and wine. They give you an experience to explore wines, cocktails, thoughtful dishes, and tapas. They give you a taste of Spain with that familiar flavor of Oregon that you know and love. They use minimal, high quality ingredients that deliver maximum flavor. And I actually work with Ostras, creating their photo and video content for their social media platforms. And every time I visit, I'm super impressed with the owner, Oliver. He's always walking around, not only talking to his customers, but also educating them on what they're eating and drinking. People absolutely love him. There's a really nice feeling of calm inside. They have really great music and you get a lot of space around your table, which is super nice. They're open Thursday through Sunday from 5 p.m. It's a good idea to book a table through OpenTable. And if you have a group like a birthday or a holiday family get-together, be sure to call ahead and book those groups because this space and concept is perfect to bring people together safely. Next time you visit Ostras, mention the Ambitious Podcast and get a complimentary wine flight with your dinner purchase. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Ellie George with HomeQuest Realty. If you're in the market for a home in Southern Oregon or thinking of selling your home, I've been working with Ellie George with her marketing and can testify that she is a true pro in the industry. She has an amazing passion for real estate. She's been practicing for over 16 years, sells over 120 homes a year, which is absolutely nuts compared to the average agent only selling about 8 When it comes to marketing, I've seen her go the extra mile to make sure her homes stand out and capture eyes nationwide, and to net the sellers way more money in the end. She and I work together a lot on her higher-end homes, creating videos that beautifully and thoroughly showcase the spaces, and I've absolutely loved working with her. Mention the Ambitious Podcast and get a no-cost, low-pressure consultation. She'll help you with your real estate portfolio, whether it's your first home, investment, move-up, or you just want to be constantly aware of your equity position. She's definitely who I would trust for my real estate advisor. I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a hard yeah. thing to figure out. Yeah. So I, I guess
1: to kind of circle back to what we first started talking about with the toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's so interesting because I feel like men, especially our age um, have been being told for like the last 10 years or so, you know, you're, your wife comes first or you, you know, your girlfriend comes first or whatever, or you, you take care of others before you take care of yourself. Um, you you know, women are just as powerful as men, which of course is true. Um, but I think because the way that things swing, it's like, we're at this kind of peaking where women are, um, you know, put above men, Mm -hmm. which, you know, that's not something that bothers me. I'm a person that's secure to like say, Oh, I can step aside, you know, whatever. That's fine. But then what happens and is in an effort to please our partners and please other people, you spend so much time focusing on, on them, on their needs and what you think that they're wanting from you. And I think for a lot of people, it causes them to lose their sense of self. They, they, They sideline themselves for so long to try to, like, make sure their partner is happy. Um, And so then they lose their confidence. They lose their charisma. They lose their um, just, I guess, the thing that makes them them. So you lose yourself to your partner. Yeah,
0: You lose your entire
1: personality. Yeah, you lose. And uh, and for some people, I think you lose a lot of respect for yourself. Mm -hmm. And when you don't have respect for yourself, how can you expect your partner to have respect for you? So, like, trying to do the thing that we think we're supposed to do, but maybe not knowing a health, not being taught a healthy way to do it, it almost causes the opposite effect. You would think that, you know, a person that, you know, um, just to, for a really simple general analogy, a person, a man goes to work, comes home, he's got a wife and kids, you know, is just thinking about his wife and kids all day. How can I help? What can I do? You know, and so you think you're doing the right thing by you know thinking about them so much and then at the end of the day it's like it's not super appreciated it's right. like oh so all that i was all that i was you know stripping myself away was for nothing and it's kind of like going the opposite way for me here this is this yeah. sucks it almost
0: <laughs> becomes an expectation
1: yeah well yeah and it's just like uh look at you helping clean the house you pussy. Why would you do that? You should be doing something cooler and more masculine. (laughs) Impress me now.
0: (laughs) I definitely fell into that trap when I was married to my ex-wife. I, the term happy wife, happy life was everything. And I, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I, yeah, exactly what you're talking about. I was focused on how to make her happy constantly. And it turned into a very codependent relationship where uh ultimately when I started to become more assertive in the end where I was like look, I don't want to listen to this type of music every day mm-hmm. in, in the car. Like I wanna listen to music that I like. Yeah. But also I don't even know what type of music I like anymore. Right. Or when we go to the movie theater, I wanna not always drink Coca Cola, I wanna try something else. But it was it wasn't because I didn't like Coke, it was just because I was trying to get more in tune with what I wanted. Yeah. And so to do that, you have to, have to practice. Mm-hmm. And uh, my ex-wife just didn't really, she, it, you know, that took an adjustment period. She's like, this is new. This is different. I, I'm used to just getting what I want, you supporting that, and you exploring that with me. And now that you're seeking for your wants and needs, it, it's going to take an adjustment period for for me for both of us. Yeah. And uh, we just didn't have the proper skills, the proper maturity to to figure all that out. And so, you know, no fault to her alone, but, you know, there's fault on both of our shoulders for just not knowing really and yeah. for the ultimate failure of that marriage, which I'm just trying really, really hard now to not let that kind of thing happen again. So falling into a codependent relationship is always at the forefront of my mind. Right. So when something comes up, like what you were explaining, I try to, I try really hard to think all right, am I going to be able to show up 100% for my partner? Am I capable of that right now? Mm-hmm. Or do I need to go take space and show up for myself first, take care of my own needs so I don't betray myself, right. and then I can come back and show up for you? And uh, in the meantime, you're responsible to manage your own emotions. Mm-hmm. It's not my job. Whereas before, in my ex-relationship, that was. I, right. I always, no matter what, put her first at the at the cost and the, at the betrayal of my own emotions.
1: Yeah, I think it you have to find a happy medium between being a partner that's open and um can adjust, you know, to to keep your relationship healthy and happy, so your partner knows like I hear you, I I care about you, but at the same time I love your uh, your term of not betraying yourself because you know, it happens super easily. You think you know, it's got to be one or the other. You can't have both but really it should be, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and having the emotional maturity, maturity, maturity (laughs) to, um, be able to keep your confidence, be true to who you are, but then also be, you know, um, I don't know, saying true to them. Isn't really the right, right thing to say, but, um, just finding a happy medium between keeping yourself happy helping them to be happy with things that you can do for them. Ultimately they have to decide for themselves
0: whether they're going to be happy, but um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. The main thing that I feel when I, the main thing I've noticed that I feel when I honor my needs first, when I, when I need to is insecurity because when I go away in a time when I know that my partner is maybe struggling or, or, Ask for something, and I say no. I need to go take of my take care of my my, my needs first. Um, there's a possibility that they might not like that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and then I have to surrender to the possibility that I come back and they say, "Hey, like I needed you, and you dipped, and mm-hmm. I'm done." Right. And if that's the case, I just have to surrender to the, to that reality of the that relationship ending, and I have to let them. But then I'm alone, you know. So. what? Was it worth it? <laughs> yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. It, I I know it's like you you're cutting off your nose to spite your face in a way you just like <laughs> ultimately you're you're doing what you think you're supposed to do but you're losing yourself and then in the end you know you might lose you know everything mm-hmm. but yeah you know and there's and there's confidence in relationships there's uh, insecurity in relationships but there's I mean the thing I've been trying to focus on a lot lately is more just myself. Like I want to show up for me. I want to wake up in the morning and not have to necessarily remind myself like, dude, you're the guy, like you're very successful. You have a great family. You've got great friends. Like,
0: do you say those things to yourself in the
1: morning? Uh, sometimes I do. Yeah. Like if I wake affirmations, yeah, I love that shit. Yeah, dude. someone's got to say that shit to me. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, Why not start with yourself? That's right, exactly. You know, uh, and then that's something too. Like my in my entire life, I've struggled super hard with words of affirmation because for so long, like I, I played I played sports until I was maybe ten years old, and then I got super fat because I just ate a lot of like hamburger helper and stuff, and my you know our, my family was lack of better terms, poor. So we just made very unhealthy choices. We didn't know a a better way necessarily. So I had a hard time speaking words of affirmation because I didn't know how to speak them to myself. Like I always had kind of like a negative outlook on myself. And so to try to say things to someone that I didn't even know how to say to myself was very challenging. Mm -hmm. And in this last year, especially I've tried much harder to to break through that, but also to be super genuine with it. Because if you say something that's not genuine or you're not confident what you're saying, it shows right away. Um, but yeah, words of affirmation, I think for everybody is huge and super huge. Some, some people, including myself, I, I am craving it like so much right now. I want to hear from other people, the things that I'm telling myself and, you know, just to, for like some recognition, maybe, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but,
0: uh, yeah, I think, um, I don't know where I was going with the rest of Would you of that. say if you had to put a percentage, you were just talking about, uh, when you were a kid, you got super fat from hamburger helper. Mm-hmm. If you had to put a percentage on how much body image plays into your confidence, what would you say? Oh, Hmm. That's a, if I
1: was just going to give a simple answer, I would probably say 50%. That's huge. Yeah. And <laughs> and the reason why I, that's the simple answer is it's that... It's America. Yeah, it's America. <laughs> Welcome right. to
0: America, where everybody is... <laughs> obese and we're all sad about it
1: yeah here i was as a kid i'm watching freaking arnold schwarzenegger and sylvester stallone beat the shit out of people with their abs and their huge muscles and (laughs) i was like i want that so bad as i'm eating a bowl of ice cream and washing it down with uh who knows what and so it's funny like i've always like i would say that now i feel like i'm a pretty attractive guy i have a um maybe an average physique or something like that you have a strong brow. I got a strong brow. It's very uh, Neanderthal, like. Um, but I just, it doesn't bother me so much that I don't have the muscles. What bothers me is that I want them, but I haven't put in the work to get them. Oh, so yeah. it's like, here's this thing that I want, but damn, there's that's a pill be, for that. Yeah, that's right. There's a pill or an injection or something. Right? Something. What does Steve Rogers get on Captain America? Can I just go into that cryo chamber for a second
0: and yeah. just get all sweaty and buff? Um, God, man, yeah. yeah. It's crazy that society, you, you, the things that we see, and it happens for women too. Mm-hmm. They see these models, they see these skinny girls, and all the clothing stores cater to H&M type bodies. Yeah. Really skinny. Uh, I would say that a lot of my confidence has to do with body image as well. I go, I've been going to the gym at least once a day, if not twice, because I just like the way that I when I look good in the mirror, I feel more confident. Yeah, definitely. And I hate that, but it plays into it. And so I also spend a lot of money on clothes because I want to just feel good about the way that I look. Um, but my partner and I, we do a lot of boudoir photography. Mm-hmm. And so naturally we get like maternity milk baths. Like the, we put these big, plump, juicy women in these milk baths with a bunch of flowers and we... Flotation. Yeah. (laughs) And this one woman that we were shooting, she was like so pregnant, probably six to eight months, somewhere in there. And she contacted Taylor and she was like, I really want to do a milk bath with you because I'm about to pop and I just really want to remember... This is the last baby I'm going to have and I really want to remember my juicy body the way that it is. I love it. Yeah. It's like, oh my
1: God. There is definitely... Having, uh, you know, Riley and I have had, have had four kids. There is definitely something very sexy about, uh, a pregnant woman's body. Like Agreed. it's, it's different. Like you can have a woman who's very athletic or whatever, or just has like all the right stuff going on and that's all great, but there's something so sexy about a pregnant woman's body.
0: Like it's gotta be something like innate from nature where yeah. it, they're just so fertile and they're yeah. I can procreate with this woman.
1: But at the same time, it's like, you can't, she's already with child, you know, the the deeds already been done. You know, it's just like, I don't know, maybe, and maybe for me, it's just like the amount of love you feel for your spouse when they're, you know, pregnant and going through what they go through with that. And there's just something like very romantic about like this person is carrying my child. They love this child so much already. And it's just like a beautiful thing. And, um, Totally. Yeah. And, but what's so funny about like looks is so much of, I think people's perception of the way that you look is your, is your confidence. So yeah, like you can have a person who has like a super, you know, I don't want to talk about bodies all day long, but super nice body, but they're just like so ashamed of themselves or whatever. And it, and it comes through. It might be nice. Like, Oh, that person looks good, but they're kind of, you know, weak sauce. But then you have a person who, Has a dad bod or whatever, but they just don't fucking care. Dude, the
0: dad bod is in right now. Yeah, a lot of women are into that. Yeah, and you're right. Like, there's there could be a girl that or a guy that doesn't have like the quote best bod Mm -hmm. according to society's standards, but if they just carry themselves in a confident way, it's so it it makes up for any lack of whatever you might think they're lacking.
1: Right, for sure. (sighs) Yeah, they want to know. I mean, people want to know. Like, why is this person? so confident like Mm -hmm. i want to know about them what they like about themselves so much and uh yeah that's uh, i mean i keep on circling back to you know kind of in this last few weeks my confidence peaking which was kind of strange because it kind of came after a little bit of a emotional trauma i was going through but um went to a winery the other night uh for a, a person i didn't know for their birthday party and I remember I pulled up to the winery. I was the last one there of the group. And I remember just getting out of my truck and just like feeling like I'm going to go have a great time. I'm going to talk with people. I'm going to just learn something or they're going to learn something about me. Um, And I just felt great. Like there was no insecurity walking over. Like, what's anyone going to think about me or whatever? I was just like, just wanted to be seen so much. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's weird to, to step into that, cause it's not a way I've ever really been before. I've always wondered like, "Mm, am I good enough? Or, you know, is, am I going to say anything interesting? Am I whatever? Mm -hmm. But it's just like letting go of these stupid things and allowing yourself to be happy and confident with who you are and realize like, yeah, I got shit to offer. Yeah. And you can either appreciate it or you can miss out on it or whatever, you know? And at the end of the day, people that are, you know, meant to be near you
0: will will be there, and people who aren't won't. We spend we spend so much time trying to please everyone, and it's just like it's not it's never going to be that way. Yeah, the thing that I find most annoying is that some people just naturally have this confidence about them that just oozes from their bones. Yeah, and it comes with no effort. Right, and for me, it's just not that way, and so I definitely understand why some people get dependent on substances like alcohol or Adderall mm-hmm. or whatever it is their substance of choice that gives them that courage i mean they call alcohol liquid courage yeah and it's so obvious to me because yeah the first time i drank alcohol was at a wedding and all i wanted to do was like go out in the back and smoke weed with the bridesmaids which i did and then i just wanted to dance and it makes me feel like really honest i love it yeah but then i'm like well shit I'm, i'm this could become a substance issue sure so the way that i've chosen to think about it is that alcohol has kind of like shown me that confident version of myself Mm -hmm. and i can still tap into that without it alcohol definitely makes it easier especially if i'm just naturally not feeling um outgoing like last night at your party i wasn't feeling very social at all yeah and i was like okay so my first instinct was i need more alcohol so i can Mm -hmm. get on the level of everybody else and be social yeah but i was like actually no like i need to just listen to my body and recognize that maybe this, this just isn't my crowd or just isn't my evening and I need to just go home, go to bed. And that's okay. You know, you, I can, I'm not always going to be confident all of the time. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I uh, recently, I, I've always
1: disliked the sound of my own voice in recording. I find that it sounds different than what I hear in my own head. Maybe that's true for everybody. I think um, it is. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, I, uh, I've been to lots of weddings and different things, different areas where, you know, you could dance and have a good time or whatever, or like sing karaoke and it's everyone's having so much fun. But I always had this thought of like, you know, I'm not a great dancer, but everyone can move and have a good time and have fun. But I would think, ah, is someone going to look at me and think that I'm like trying super hard and they're just going to go, this guy sucks. <laughs> so it's letting go. I, I For me, it's just so much letting go of not caring what other people think about, what i'm doing and just being happy with what i'm doing living in the moment you know um so like i've been recording myself making little videos nice, I, I i recorded myself singing and Expose i posted it on social therapy. media yeah exactly it was just like you know and it, the thing was it wasn't even for necessarily for anyone else i didn't care if people watched it i don't care if it got one like or 100 likes or whatever on instagram it was just me stepping out of my comfort zone saying i like i can do this too like it doesn't matter if someone watches this video and goes, "That video is stupid," or you know, if someone watches it and, and thinks it's great, that's cool too. But it's just letting go of caring about what other people think, and not in a mean way, but just in a way of just being confident. Like, yeah, that's
0: the that's the balance, the struggle, yeah. the dance where you, it, I, I have to let go of what people think, but on everyone, right? <laughs> and, and yeah, I don't know. I guess the first person that you need to care about, I'll tell you something. Okay, tell me, I'm, hearing, I'm <laughs> hearing it in my ears. What I've been doing lately is, well, since I was a kid, I was always like, oh, I wonder what they're thinking about me. Yeah. I wonder what this person, anyway, I've decided to shift the perspective and just start asking first, what do I think of them? Yeah. And that helps me, because if I don't like them, then I I automatically and naturally don't care what they think about me. And. You know, when you listen to your voice or you see yourself in a video and you start cringing? Mm-hmm. I've been trying to destroy the part of myself that cringes. Okay. There's, there's nothing I can do about those cringy characteristics that I have. Right. I can't change my voice. Well, maybe I can, but...
1: Have you heard Steve-O's voice lately? You yeah. Don't, you,
0: yeah. yeah, Steve-O from he, Jackass? Yeah,
1: he found... He always said he had like a messed up vocal cord, but turns out he just talked wrong just oh. to kind of talk from the back of his throat and strained. Oh, and I then thought he, it was
0: because he did too many whippets.
1: No, <laughs> I, I mean, maybe it was like, a, uh, like his, his vocal cords were like trained wrong and he was like forcing his words. So now oh, when you weird. hear him talk like not, you should throw a clip of him, how he talks now. Oh, okay. Or when like he's making an effort
0: to talk more normal. It's, Does he sound better? He sounds super weird. It's almost like... Uh, I know what his voice sounds like sounds like regularly I've heard him like on, on podcasts and on jackass and stuff. Yeah.
1: It's it's similar, just less strained. It sounds, it's kind of like he has a
0: kind of a high voice. It's kind of weird, but yeah, it's, it it sounds like he just smoked a million cigarettes. Yeah. And screamed a lot and ate glass. Like he just came from a really, really loud concert.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, anyway, so yeah, just like just that little perspective shift. I I used to look at myself all the time and be like, God, I, I hate the way that my smile looks. And I can't change my smile. Right. I hate the way that my hair looks when it's clean because it just looks really frizzy. And Uh I would just get really, I just, you know, you cringe at yourself. And I was like, fuck that. Like, I'm just going to, there's nothing I can do about any of that. And people don't ever worry. Or I was always worried about what people thought about my birthmark. I was Mm -hmm. like, I got to cut that thing out. Put you got a off. birthmark oh yeah look at that yeah right <laughs> in my eye like this little teardrop like a murder murder tattoo, <laughs> murder tattoo. <laughs> but i was like no i so i just started to focus on uh letting go of the part of me that cringes and it's been way easier i've learned to accept myself way faster and that confident version of myself is starting to come alive and i i'm not losing myself as much because when you start to kill the parts of you that are cringy in your opinion mm-hmm. that's when you start to lose yourself yeah and then you become a mold of society that isn't even real right right so yeah good stuff bro <laughs> awkward silence no dude, i love that let it sink in for a second yeah let's just marinate in it
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I, so the confidence thing is I, I just love it and i hope that i can like tailor it and groom it to where it works well for me, because it's just like, it helps me to smile more. I feel more confident. So I'm just happier. I, you know, the stresses of work don't get to me as much. Cause I just think like, that was just my day. Mm-hmm. The things happened that happened. I did things I needed to do probably could have done better, but I'm not going to sit here and soak in the disappointment of maybe not getting something done right. So I'm just going to be happy. I'm going to be confident in what I did today. And one of the, uh, things, and I talked about this on a stupid video I recorded, but, um, it's just like, Oh,
0: I love those videos you've been doing lately. Thanks. S- so um, cool. Uh, day one of stepping out of my comfort yeah. zone.
1: Day one of not being a puss anymore. <laughs> yes, uh, not just no, oh. no. Um, but it's like, so, It's, it's funny. So I own a jewelry store, a very successful one. I worked there and I'm buying it. Um, I've, I've owned it for, uh, two and a half years now. I have a nice home. I have a beautiful wife. I have great kids that are all super healthy and smart and creative. Um, I have great friends. I have great family. Like I feel like I have so much going for me. Like, it seems to me like when I think about it, it, would be so easy for someone to look at my life and go, wow, that's the kind of life I want to have. Mm-hmm. But then as a human, as a person, I've, you know, thought to myself like, am I, st- am I still not enough, you know? But just like shrugging that away and being like, yeah, it's like I went to this winery and it was with a bunch of doctors and nurses and stuff like that. And everyone's talking about this and talking about that. One guy showed up driving a Porsche and someone talked about it. And it's just like, you know, I could have been like, oh, dang it, I wish I had a Porsche, you know. Um, but then I just stopped and I was like, you know, if I wanted a Porsche, I could go buy a Porsche. But I have a big-ass truck. Yeah, I got a, yeah, I got a big truck. <laughs> um, but it was just like the a Porsche wouldn't make me happy. I could go buy one. I could pay for it with cash mm-hmm. and I could enjoy it and have fun and let other people see it. But a Porsche is not something that like driving that car would not bring me a lot of joy Mm -hmm. it's not something that i identify with but you know just everyone would it seemed like a lot of people were like looking at everybody else like and i just kind of quietly thought to myself like yeah that's cool it is a doctor but i own the nicest jewelry store in southern oregon Mm -hmm. it's super successful like it can always grow more it's like i'm not a fucking slouch yeah like there are many people that will never be able to Attain in a lifetime what I have at thirty-three, and and I don't say that in an arrogant way, but it just felt nice to just be able to sit quietly and just feel like I'm there.
0: You know, that your happiness it, isn't rooted in comparing yourself to somebody else or in something that you don't have.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's just it's just so funny. Like we, are, I wish I could remember better this thing I listened to the other day but basically when we are judging ourselves based on like a mixing pot of what we see on social media. So we see the guy that dresses super good. We see the guy that goes on these crazy adventures. And so we create from like a melting pot of people, what we think is the ideal person, Mm -hmm. but not any of one of those people is that version. And so we're holding ourselves to this standard.
0: That's not even real well we're constantly being shown only the best version of people through instagram yeah so we have this this distorted perspective of reality that yeah you're right it's like that nobody actually lives that way right nobody's gonna post uh like a bad day on instagram yeah. Where's look at sure Dan
1: Bilzerian. That? Everyone thought he was like the Instagram king was making all this money. Yeah. Come to find out he was just like spending investor money and just like turned out he was just as much as a piece of shit as his dad was who like went to prison for that. Right. And now he's like trying to like figure all that out and get that fixed. You know, Yeah. yeah. it's just, it's not a real world and it's a bummer that people compare themselves so much to this, this thing. It's like, how much time do you spend right before you go to bed scrolling on Instagram feeling envious or jealous and then fall asleep or, with those emotions or, and then yeah they're just or lustful or all these yeah. things and it's just like why don't you look at the things that you have yeah you know and, and I'm not saying you know people shouldn't want to attain more because people should always be progressing sure but just being happy with where you are having confidence is super healthy
0: yeah super, super accepting healthy. where you're at now and not for a potential that you could be yeah yeah uh, did you you said you listened to the episode with my dad. Uh huh. Yeah. Did you hear the beginning when we were talking about you?
1: Hmm. Was it something? Was it
0: about when we were in Las Vegas? Yeah. When we were in the airport and how I was. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that was so uncomfortable for me. Like just that the conversation we were having that there were so many people around. Yeah. And the fact that I I didn't have my seat picked and that I didn't have my bag paid for. And I was like, this is all my fault. Like I should have, I should have asked these questions. I should have communicated better. (laughs) All of my eyes aren't dotted. None of my T's are crossed. Like I'm not going to get on this fucking plane. Yeah. And you were just like calm. You're like, yeah, dude. And I asked you a couple of times. I was like, dude, you, how are you not like overwhelmed right now with everything you have to do in your life? How do you just compose yourself so well in the face of like such chaos? And you're like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I do feel a lot of overwhelmed emotions and anxiety right now. Yeah. But then you like left out of security and then <laughs> yeah. like the plane's ah, about to take off. Yeah. That was supposed to board three minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you just like waltzed out of there and fuck. Man. Yeah. I, I learned a lot from you that day. Just how ha- just like to let go of control. Cause I had to force myself to like, I just had to sit there, you know, sit and manage my emotions and just recognize that you might not get back through security in time. And I would just have to handle on my own. Yeah. And, uh, you were totally mama birding me that whole day, but I just, I was like, okay, i mean, like, you've got this. This happens all the time. Uh, you're either going to get on the plane or you're not. Right. It's not, yeah. <laughs> there's two options here. Yeah. None of the, both of those are fine. You're going to live. Uh-huh. And, uh, I just learned how to soothe myself through not having control.
1: Yeah. And what's, what's kind of funny about that too, is like, I have all those same anxieties when I fly, you know, like, uh, you know, what's my driver's license in my wallet? All these things like, what what if, what if, but when I'm helping like someone else in a situation like that, it's just like, just calm down. You know, like I don't always handle my own shit quite that well, but like sometimes my wife will be freaking out about something and it's like a legitimate thing to be worried about, but I'm a little bit more separated from the anxiety of that. Mm. So I'm, I can just say, Hey, listen, calm down. It's going to be okay Take a take a deep breath. Like. Nothing bad is going to happen. Like, we're just going to work through this. Like, let's mm-hmm. just take it one step at a time. And in your defense on that, I mean, we I bought your plane ticket, what, two days before we left? I was like, hey, you still want to come to Vegas? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, yeah. very poor planning. I didn't even pack a cell phone charger. I forgot my headphones. Like, mm-hmm. I got on the plane thinking, like, I don't know if I got any of the stuff I need for this, but we're just going to go. Yeah. You know, all I need to do is get into this <laughs> trade show,
0: buy some shit. Get out of there. Man, but I just, I learned so much from you in that moment. Yeah. Just like to to let go of control. Yeah. What
1: I love about friendships and relationships is like you have some relationships where a person maybe doesn't feel like they have anything to learn from you or, you know, oh, this person's not elevated so far above me that I can, you know, I have something to learn But like when you can like grow from every conversation you have with people and you can like take an experience like that and go, Oh, I've, you know, if I could be a little bit more like that or if they could learn a little bit like this, it's just cool. I think so often we put up these walls to people or we start taking people for granted or we start, you know, just like numbing ourselves to people, whether it's our partner or our friends, it's like, how much do we miss out on? Like Mm -hmm. one of my favorite things in the store is you know, we have people that come in that that, for lack of better terms, they look the part. You know, they look like this person looks like they could buy something expensive, and that's probably what they're here to do. Mm-hmm. Then you have these guys that come in who, like, own a pot farm or something like that. Twenty-one year old guy. You know, not dressed well. You know, their vibe is a little bit more like super loose and like, what's this person all about? But when you like, uh, shed your. Your judgment of them, and you talk to them. It's like some of my best customers have come from something like that. Like no one else really wanted to help them or whatever. Or you would just say hi, and I would just go and strike up a conversation, and all of a sudden they're dropping hundred dollar bills on the and counter. They pay cash <laughs> exactly, and it's just like wow, yeah. you really just don't know where a person is in their life. Mm-hmm. You can't look at the way that they look, you know, right. entirely. You can you make a, a quick judgment of you know whatever, but you know just just appreciating everybody. Like, yeah. Yeah. You want to spend a dollar. I love you just as much as a person who wants to spend a hundred thousand dollars. Like, yeah, it's just every person you meet, you should just like cherish that little moment.
0: You yeah. Know? There's something to learn. It, yeah. It's so important. I think to shed your judgment and I love, you know, how old people get really set in their ways and smelly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Super> smelly. <laughs> yeah they do yeah but I love when you meet an old person that's still open to learning yeah like I know this woman who is like in her late 70s and she's still like taking photography courses and traveling and meeting people she's a businesswoman, and I just I look up to her a lot in a lot of ways I don't agree with everything but I just love when you meet somebody who just never got stuck in their ways they're open to learning and changing and not judging and being open-minded to just life still they're yeah imagine that they don't know everything even though they're fucking old right and, and probably know a lot more than you or me whatever but they still are open to yeah and she's always so nice to me she's like oh i didn't know that or tell me more about what it's like to be mormon <laughs> i love it she's asking yeah. me questions and yeah it's so cool it's like this mutual respect that you automatically have.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, you're right. I I look at, you know, myself at, I'll be 33, um, in about a month and like the habits that I already have, you know, the things that I think that I know that are right. And like solid, how much worse or stronger will they be when I'm 70? Like, am I going to be adaptable? I mean, I really feel like I, I have an ability to take an open-minded approach to things like, I, I question my my um, my predispositions, if you will. Yeah. Um, you know, and like being raised in a Christian home, I was always taught like you know being gay is bad; it's a sin, mm-hmm. and so I just thought that you know, growing up. Yeah. And I had all these things like because of like religious standards or whatever things that I had been taught that I just thought were right. And for so many years, I feel like now looking back is now I just like, if you want to be gay, that's great. Like it takes all types. Like you're no different than me. I'm attracted to a certain type of person and I wouldn't want someone to stop me from pursuing that. You're attracted to a certain type of person. Don't, you know, shouldn't be stopped from pursuing that, but simple. Yeah. So simple. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I guess I'm saying all that just to like, uh, one thing that I love about myself and gives me confidence is my ability to like be adaptable mm-hmm. and not be so stubborn on things and just to be open-minded and
0: just love people and hang out dude that's like the answer to life just be adaptable yeah some days I have super stubborn m- moments though oh for sure man yeah I had a bad one the other day yeah was rough, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think that yeah. I, I'm sure that as you get older, it's harder to be adaptable because you're just tired, mm-hmm. and you like what you like, and it's worked, and so you just lock yourself in your house, you turn up the heat, and you just pet your cat, yeah. And you don't want anybody to bother you because people are just fucking annoying. Mm-hmm. And these kids these days, they think they know everything, and they're trying to teach me things. Yeah, I don't want to learn anything. Yeah, because it's hard, and you gotta your brain's just tired, and you just want to smoke your cigars and die. <laughs> <laughs> death come for me and there's like Any a you know, please <laughs> and, you know there's a space for self care Yeah. and there's a time to die but I just think that
1: with modern uh, advances in science I'm sure we're going to live to be like 200 years old dude come on probably <laughs> yeah. you're not allowed to die we're going to give you medications because it's big
0: money dude but then it's going to be even harder to, to remain open minded and adapt Yeah. because I think the longer you're alive the longer the more time you have to figure out stuff that you like and it's so that's one thing that I've been trying to turn off is this that that voice in your head that's like I like this I don't like that or defining things yeah because um, the more that you do that I think that the more the, the more closed you are to to life in general so if you can just turn off that voice and just learn to observe the world rather mm-hmm. this I mean this is all going to get super new agey and Alan Watts philosophy whatever but uh, just like meditation and recognizing that you're just a consciousness observing the world as a human being and yeah to stop defining things it just makes life a little bit easier to accept uh so if something happens to you that you don't like you can just be like well i'm just just it's happening there's nothing i can do yeah and just accept it and just move through it yeah
1: definitely yeah. I want to kind of circle back if we can to the sure. to the confidence and of uh, not losing a sense of self. Mm-hmm. Just cuz it's a it's such a relevant topic, I think, and it's something that is super helpful, you know. Mm-hmm. It's amazing the way that a person's life can change when they stop you know being insecure or when they get a firmer grip on their insecurity. It's like I feel better. I feel like I attract people more. I feel like my, uh, spouse has an easier time engaging with me. Um, I feel like I am a more proficient, uh, and better salesperson at, at work. You know, it's like, um, I feel like I sell so much better and it's not because I use any tricks or anything like that, but it's just when I'm, describing this piece of jewelry that I made to somebody like when I have absolute confidence in myself and in the piece of jewelry, there's no, you don't use words like kinda and sorta and, you know, things like that. Yeah. When you speak clearly descriptively and like with confidence, people eat that up and they feel like I'm going to be part of something. Like I'm buying something that's super cool. Like mm-hmm. I want to have this yeah. and that's been showing up a lot in, uh, at my store <laughs> Um, and not everybody buys and that's okay. You know, um, but just like having that confidence shows up there. I feel better in a quiet place with my confidence. Like Mm. when there's no noise, there's no one else around. I feel good. I'm not sitting there worrying about, Oh, what did I mess up on? Um, so yeah, I'm just trying to like really focus in on being more confident in myself, being positive. It's funny. Like even, ordering food at a restaurant uh riley and i went on a date the other night and we went to one of our favorite places and we have some things that we usually always like to get and i just said i think i'm gonna order something that i would normally never order and just see what it's like because it's just one meal Mm -hmm. it might even taste like shit to me i might not like it at all but you know what coming out of my comfort zone i'm confident in this decision like also too you know i can think of so many times where riley and i are like what do you want to do where should we go and I'm just like, I don't know, what do you think? And now I'm being more decisive, like, I want to go here. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. You know, we just did a overnight rafting and camping trip. We started on one part of the Rogue River, rafted down, had tents and stuff, set up camp, and just being, like, decisive and, like, feeling like this is my realm. I'm doing what I like to do. I'm having fun. And I'm not going to be, like, a bully if someone else wants to do something else. I'm not going to not, you know, be moldable there, but just... If there's an opportunity to be decisive in a situation, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to make a quick decision God, and feel that. good about it. And it's not easy always, you know, because mm-hmm. then sometimes you think, mm, did, that, did my snap decision there, like, does that make them happy, you know?
0: like, Dude, you start overthinking and doubting. Yeah, It's hard when there's so many options. Like, did I make the best choice? I find that's uh, something that my brain does, is I get really indecisive. Cause I don't know if I'm about to make the best choice.
1: Yeah. I think fear of missing out uh, or FOMO is so huge right now. Like, I don't know if you ever do this, but do you ever go to a restaurant and like, rather and I do this, we uh, both find something we want to order. Then we're like, but what if this other one is good? So we order a third entree, like yeah. don't want to miss out. Like, yeah. Or, you know, we just, It's crazy to me. I mean, I don't know, maybe it's a good thing and I'm just afraid of it because it's not natural to me, but it's just like people are okay with ditching good stuff to go for something that might be better. And it's like a fast paced world. And if you can not adapt to that, it's just like, you're just going to be like this sad little blob that just everything passed you by. And I mean, I have a lot of old values. And, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about the Enneagram stuff. And as a nine, my core wants to just be like settled. Like that's, mm-hmm. I want peace. I want to feel comfortable. I want to, you know, not have things shaken up too much. I don't want to be out of, thrown out of my comfort zone. And that's part of why I'm doing this is like, as I've been learning about, cause I'm a nine, um, as I've been learning about the Enneagram, I'm thinking, wow, there's some great stuff there. That's really cool. You know, it's, you know, some of this is like, it's good that you know, in a world with so much imbalance, I can be a little bit of a balance for people, you know, I can be that, I can see that. Yeah. I could be that nice blanket for someone to come home to or whatever, (laughs) if you will. (laughs) Um, but also He's like
0: a nice flannel blanket. Yeah. He's just so nice. (laughs) Um,
1: but like when you can recognize like, Oh, that's kind of a weird flaw that I have that I knew was there, but I didn't really know how to even recognize it. So then you can work on it and you can like adapt and Dude, then awareness your, yeah, awareness is, is, is massively
0: helpful. Yeah. such a good tool. Yep. And the Enneagram really brings a lot of awareness. I love that you've like totally dove into the Enneagram world and yeah, c- accepted, like just be open-minded to the fact that it might be able to help you or the possibility rather.
1: Yeah. And for so many years of my life, I was so closed off to that stuff. I Riley shared it with me maybe six months ago and I was like, oh yeah, that's cool. She's all hyped up on it. Her friend's hyped up on it. That's really cool. But I was just like, whatever, you know? And then you can't put me into a box. You can't put me into a box shaped like a nine. (laughs) And uh, then I like in a vulnerable time, I started learning about it and I'm like, whoa, there's some real shit here. Like Mm -hmm. this is very accurate for me. I learned a lot about my number. I learned a lot about my wife's number, learning how to, um, you know, ask for what I need, learning how to uh, create uh, emotional safety for her to be able to talk about what she needs and to learn to speak her love language more. because you know, and as I say that, I think to myself like, oh, here I am talking again about, you know, doing things for other people to try to make them happy. But when you do it, you, when you're doing it that way, when your your main focus is on them, and you're sidelining yourself that's unhealthy but the way i've been kind of approaching it is like i want to be happy i'm learning about myself i want my partner to be happy i'm gonna learn about her too and so so there's
0: a mutual benefit exactly
1: yeah and not to say like it's a conditional thing or like i'm doing this to get this out of it but in a way it is like that it's like ultimately if I want to have as much happiness as I can. I should also try to facilitate happiness for her in the ways that I can. So I'm going to do those things, and it's almost selfish.
0: Like, well, you can't show up for anybody else unless you show up for yourself too. Yeah, it's like that, like the plane thing. You put your mask, your oxygen mask on first mm-hmm. before giving your oxygen mask to anybody else or help them put theirs on. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, right? To be to find a, a mutual. Benefit or something that or a reason why it would benefit you as well. hmm Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all Do you uh, Do you think That there's like an answer or some kind of a way for somebody who's overly emotional who's somebody like me mm-hmm. who is very emotional Do you would you say that it's harder for people that are overly emotional to be confident
1: Um, I, my gut instinct is to say yes, Um, but that's probably be probably because of, you know, we've spent the last 30 plus years feeling that way. Yeah. You know, one thing, I think you can have confidence in, in, in anything, you know, people who cry a lot, they can have confidence and feel like, you know what, I allow my emotions to come to the surface, Mm. I cry it out. And I feel good about that. I feel good that I don't bottle things up. I feel good that I allow for myself to process these things, you know, but it all comes with, with everything. It's a healthy balance. You know, if you just, so for example, um, this last year, uh, I went and did some, uh, counseling, went and saw a counselor. Um, I, for a long time, kind of didn't try to fight back with grumpiness. Like I would get grumpy. I would, it would be, if it would like physically manifest itself, like I could feel it physically hmm. and I would just a- allow it to happen. So like if I was upset with my kids, I would just allow myself to be grumpy. And I remember sitting at dinner one time with some friends and, you know, um, maybe I yelled at my kids or something like that. And, um, I, <laughs> I, am so embarrassed about this now, but I actually said like, I feel good that I don't care that you guys are seeing this like this is who i am i'm not ashamed like i'm not going to pretend to be this
0: super nice like Mm. just happy-go-lucky dad doesn't that doesn't that kind of go against what you just said though about crying like i see what you're i I get what you're saying to feel good about just crying Mm -hmm. to feel good about being happy but like but being grumpy you didn't feel good about just allowing yourself to be grumpy because it was unhealthy
1: And because what I was doing is I wasn't addressing the fact that I was, that was the easy road for me was just to be grumpy. Like it didn't, it didn't require me to self-analyze. It didn't require me to get uncomfortable and say, you know what, they're just being kids and I'm being a guy that has too high a standards for my kids or whatever the reason was. Gotcha. And so it was unhealthy and I, it was, you know, it was laziness is what it was. So You know, working with this counselor, learning about myself, you know, I never had thought so much that my childhood would have such a big impact on who I am now. Thinking back now, that seems pretty silly that I didn't realize that. But just being able to recognize, like, take a deep breath, calm down. You know, you have a better ability to manage your emotions than they do. So for me to get angry at their emotions isn't fair. Um, Right. And so just learning to to manage those
0: things. Um, yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That actually helps me a lot. Like I, I want to accept the fact that I, and I wouldn't say that I'm overly emotional. I would just say that I'm very in tune with my emotions and that I'm, I'm a four on the Enneagram thing. So it's all about just swimming the, in the emotions and feeling them. And so I do give voice to them a lot more than, I would say that typical man does. I don't think that I feel any more than a typical man, but I do speak my emotions a lot more. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm trying to be more okay with that, more confident in the fact that I just that way an hour and six minutes. We've been
1: going for an hour and six minutes. Yeah,
0: dude, that's what's
1: crazy. like, you think, oh, you know, I don't have anything to say, and all of a sudden three hours later you're still talking, you're like, Whoa, apparently I got a lot of shit to say. Maybe it didn't all make sense, but Dude.
0: That's why I love podcasting, and I, I say this all the time in in real life and in the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Just that I love podcasting. I think it's the the bridge between real life and social media. Because you get to understand somebody's opinion all the way through. You get to yeah. hear the context. And anyway, I just think it's great.
1: Yeah. It, it, you go on social media and someone posts something, let's say it's 50 words and that's probably a large post for most people. And then you want to comment on it and you limit your comment to like 10 words and you're supposed to <laughs> understand where they were coming from and then also be understood at the same time. Like that's impossible. Yeah. Like yeah. These,
0: these Facebook fights. Oh my gosh. There's no, there's no way that that can be productive.
1: Not even a little. It's so self-serving.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: It has nothing to do. And so I, uh, did you listen to, uh, Matthew McConaughey's book, green lights? I did. One of the most profound things that I learned from listening to that book was I think he was in Africa. So he would go on these crazy journeys. He's in, he's in Africa and he's sitting at a table with two guys and they start having an argument Mm -hmm. and, uh, he's kind of observing the argument and he's kind of comes to the conclusion like, Hey, this one guy is right. And so he turns to him, he's like, hey, listen, man, I think, I think he's right. And the guy that he was siding with says, that's not the point of this. I'm not arguing to be right. I'm arguing to understand his perspective. Oh, So it's like, that's pretty cool. So that's what I have been trying to do so much since I listened to that. And it's something I was kind of doing anyways, but didn't have words for it. Is to understand other people better. Like it's good. Like if you make a good point and someone's like, oh, I hadn't thought about it that way. That does feel good. But it also feels good to me to gain better understanding from learning from people who have a, an opposing opinion it's like if if you're a republican person or a democrat person and you only ever talk to people from your same set of beliefs whenever anything comes across to you that's not that it's going to freak you out like it's going to scare you like yeah. i remember sitting with a guy one time and he uh you know he he would read the new york times every day and he was just terrified he was like pro trump people are literally going to start murdering people in the streets like that's what this is coming to and i'm like how many people do you talk to who are pro trump like i suppose that could happen i suppose anything could happen but like you should spend some time talking to people that don't have the same views as you so you don't have to be so scared it's like if you never jumped Dude. into water, like you would always be scared of it because you never got into it. Just get in the water and see how it feels. Just check it out for a minute.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah it just goes back to exposure therapy. I, when I struggle with anxiety, or when I was, which I, I still do, but I was l- looking up on the internet like what to do about this. Yeah. And one of the techniques was exposure therapy. Just find out what it is t- that's causing you all this anxiety so there's literally like you could do exercises like put a jacket over your head like do you get ang- ang- anxious from claustrophobia is that what's happening huh. and it's like okay if that's not causing you anxiety write down the number from 0 to 100 and then do another exercise where you like tie a tie on your neck and choke yourself a little bit do Ooh, you get <laughs> kinky <laughs> do you get aroused or do you anxious? get aroused or you get anxious from being like you know ex- asphyxiated <laughs> It's
1: whatever you want it to
0: be in this day and age. <laughs> yeah. And so, the, yeah. Anyway, just exposing yourself to the thing that you're feeling anxious about. And I like what you said about, uh, you know, like the people that only listen to the New York Times or the Daily podcast, which I, I listen to the Daily a lot. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Who's the host of that? Uh, his name is Michael Barbaro. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway. I was like, man, this, and I, they do a pretty good job of giving voice to both sides. Yeah. Like they did a, a podcast about voices of the unvaccinated and then voices of the vaccinated. Right. There's two sides. And I was like, I like that. So I feel like it's pretty unbiased. But man, the algorithms of the internet today, like YouTube and Instagram, they, you type in puppies into the YouTube algorithm and you're only going to see puppy videos over a certain amount of time. It's just... It, turns into an echo chamber where you're only going to be served information that you agree with that supports your opinion to keep you there longer. Yeah. It's terrible, I think. Yeah.
1: The world does in a way feel a little bit like an echo chamber. And I think maybe it's just because there's so much division. Like we, I think most people want to hear what makes them feel good. So they talk to people that are going to, you know, what they say is going to resonate with them instead of coming out of your comfort zone and maybe having a friend shake you and say, Hey, you're being an idiot. You know, you don't want to hear that. Yeah. You want to hear, Oh yeah, you're totally right. You know? Yeah. You do you or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, we got to get out of our comfort zones. We got to push, uh, push the
0: envelope a little bit. So true. Going back a little bit to the reason why I asked about the confident, if it's difficult to be confident, if you're, an emotional person oh yeah the reason I ask that is because I've noticed through taking medication like Adderall it puts me very much in my logical mind and suppresses my emotions for the amount of time that I'm on Adderall and I notice that I'm it's so much easier to be confident during the time that I'm on Adderall okay and then when I come down I'm this emotional you know, non-confident version of myself again. Yeah. <clears throat> so I don't know. That's, that's kind of what triggered the the question, but I just wanted to give some context to that. And that's a, a, a bit
1: of a scary feeling. I kind of felt that a little bit this morning. I've been feeling super confident for the most part. I mean, it, it like, it peaks really hard sometimes. And then it like settles back down maybe to like 70% or so, but I'm trying to focus on it more to, to keep it up higher. One to learn good habits in doing that and being confident. And two, it just feels so good. Um, but it's like, so last night I had a bit of paranoia, um, had a kind of a bad experience Mm -hmm. and it was for a while. It was not just like a quick thing. It was for a couple of hours. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then I had these weird dreams all night and I woke up this morning and I was like, Oh shit, the old me is back. Like, Oh, I feel like weird. I don't feel confident right now. I feel like what did, what was people's perception of me in, through that experience and like I was like not wanting to get out of bed until I could like coach myself up a little bit. And I I couldn't very well. And so I ended up going and just getting in a freaking cold shower like and it, it sucked so bad. I mean, I didn't like get fully in there, but like I let the cold water spray on my head for a long time that it was like splashing and stuff like that. And that felt really good. It was good to like have like that thing that just kind of like snapped me a little Hmm. bit. Like that's awesome. Yeah. Because like right right now in my life, I feel like I'm needing some stability and like having those roller coasters doesn't feel good. Um, and so it's just like, I was feeling like, Oh gosh, I got to do something. So I did that cold shower. It felt really good. And I think, but too, like it's healthy to recognize that you're not always going to feel a hundred percent all the time. You know, nobody, I mean, maybe some people do, but most people don't. And, you know, you get to see people who are very confident have those bad days too. Mm -hmm. And so it's nice. Like, and I just hope that, you know, the people that are around you, like in your surroundings can recognize that too. Yeah. And also separating your confidence from your emotion, I think is important too. like to say, Oh, I'm a super confident guy. So I'm never emotional. That's not right. Right. You know, you can be confident
0: in who you are when you put it that way. It's like, well, duh. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah.
1: It's so easy. Like (laughs) it's just like, I think I was thinking about this yesterday. Like I can be super confident in who I am and know my worth and know that I have a lot to offer To the world, to my business, to my friends, to my wife, to my kids. I can have all those things, but I'm still allowed to feel sad about things too. Like it doesn't have to come from a place of insecurity. It can just come from a place of like, this isn't comfortable. This makes me sad. It Hmm. hurts me or whatever. It's not like this thing where when you're a confident guy, nothing bothers you anymore. Mm. Um, And I could be wrong too. I mean, I'm just kind of going through my own thought process, but you know, it's okay to be emotional and also be confident at the same time. I think I love that. And, uh, yeah. What, and one of the, we were talking before we started recording about confidence and, um, I think sometimes confidence is like, what did I say? Something like it's, you know, when you're more confident, you stop allowing yourself to worry about certain things. Oh yeah. You know, you don't, you don't think about, you don't worry about the things that haven't happened yet. Right, right. Like you're, you know, like you're expecting a positive uh, reaction from what you're doing because you're confident in it. Um, And you don't worry about, oh, if I do this, so-and-so is going to think this, you know, you got to own your shit and, uh, you know, do what you think is right and be confident and not worry about like, what you can't control. Cause it'll, yeah, it'll just tear it's you just up trusting
0: that. Okay. If, if it doesn't go well, I know that I'll be able to handle that. I'll be able to address the issue. Mm-hmm. I can fix this problem. You, you're, you're confident in your abilities. Yeah. Uh, I, I like the cold shower thing. Taylor was actually, I think she learned that this from TikTok, and she was texting me about it. When you're feeling a lot of anxiety, um, she suggested like jumping into like an ice bath yeah, or putting a bag of cold peas on your chest and the, the biology behind it or the physiology is you're resetting your vagus nerve Hmm. or vagal. I don't know the vagus nerve, but it's like this, the main nerve that controls your fight or flight. So it kind of puts you into a fight or flight response.
1: Okay. Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you're like, it snaps you out of overthinking.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, um, when we were on that river trip I was talking about, we uh, just camped on this little sandy beach on the river. And in the night after the kids were in their tent and stuff like that, I was feeling a little bit like, okay, things are settling down now. Like I don't have to be as worried about, you know, watching them in the river. I don't have to worry about all these things. And and like, I was like, I need to like, just like reset a little bit. So I went and dunked myself in the river and it was not super warm out anymore. And it just felt good to just like, to just like take control of something feels really good. Like I don't just have to, you know, wait this out and see what my emotions do to me. I can try to take control of some of that. Yeah. And, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. I love that dude. (laughs) Just like I, one of the funny things about uh, the Enneagram nine, I watched a video called nines in the hundred acre wood and (laughs) The it's, you know, they did all these studies and stuff like that. And they found that the most famous nine of all is Winnie the Pooh. And I thought, well, it's kind of weird. I don't want to be Winnie the Pooh, but like <laughs> he wakes up in the morning in his little tree house, he comes outside and he just knows he's going to stumble across a pot of honey. He just, like, he just knows, like, the world happens to Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh does not happen to the world. And that was one of the reasons why I've been trying to, like, make bold moves that I wouldn't normally do. Just because, like,
0: (laughs) what a good lesson, man.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And so it's just, like, in, in, in a way, it's a positive thing. Because it's, like, you know, people who have huge dreams, that's an awesome thing, you know but there's a lot of stress that comes with that. So people are like up and down like crazy. They have super highs, super lows. And I kind of feel good about the fact that I'm a person that's pretty stable. Like, dude, I,
0: that's awesome. I wish I could be more. stable. Yeah. Like, and I'm not saying like I'm a totally
1: stable person emotionally, but just like, I, I don't know. I, it's it's good to be a person that can recognize, like, you can do better, you know, as a nine. And so I'm trying to, like, be that stable person, but also have, like, some really cool peaks, you know, do things yeah. I wouldn't normally do. Um, jump out of your comfort zone. Yeah, jump out of my comfort zone, jump into some cold
0: water. I really want to find a cartoon character that's a four. Because I think it might be helpful to see a really, really dumbed down, simplified version of myself. <laughs> sure. That's not me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like on the TV, be like, oh, yeah, that's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'd be nice, actually. <laughs>
1: uh, Riley is a two, and I watched a video yesterday. And uh, Leslie Nope from Parks and Rec, she's a two. Uh, Michael Scott wow. is a two, and she was like... Man, got the biggest so, lady boner when she found that out it was just like <laughs> just thought that that was the coolest thing because she loves him so much and how funny oh, he is and stuff like so that.
0: productive twos yeah they're so they get shit done
1: yeah you should have seen her work in this you were there like at the party she was just like going from person to person big smile having a fun time everyone was loving talking to her it's just like man i wish i just had that natural ability to just yeah be and for people to just be like oh yeah I yeah see she was our, great
0: i I poked my head into the kitchen because I I heard that there was some uh, mezcal drinks being made and I wanted Uh to place an order. And she was like, she saw me. She's like, Ammon, do you want to help me make some mezcals? Like, yeah. Oh oh yeah. She was really good at delegating. And then she went out and circulated the group.
1: She's super great. Taylor's the same way. Yeah. Such a two. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Riley, you know, as far as like confidence goes, you know, as a two, uh, I don't understand it perfectly you know the twos or the nines or any of it yet but like they want to help people they're they're always looking for ways to serve people and if they're not careful it can come across you know if they're not careful internally they start to do it with an expectation that people are going to do for them things for them back so it's kind of conditional but riley is a very like introspective person and she's thinks about things a lot and she cares about people a lot. She cares about, you know, yeah, super likes, cerebral. Yeah. She just has an ability to like think about things really well. Um, but I was saying all this, just like the confidence that she portrays like outwardly, everybody loves rally's smile. Everyone I know talks about it. Everybody loves like her crazy cackle laugh that she has. Like <laughs> she's just this person that people want to be
0: around, and
1: that's how I want to be. You know, it's just it doesn't come as natural to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's cool.
0: Man, I, yeah, that, that's my whole thing. It's like, why does it come so easily to people like that? But yeah, we all have our strengths and weaknesses, and yeah, I just treat it all like a buffet. Like this is something I like from your number inside the enneagram thing, and I want to, yeah, I want to use that to apply to myself. That's what I love about uh, these little personality tests and things that they can be a source that grants you this awareness and you don't have to be locked in that box. That's the thing is that yeah, these are your natural tendencies, but that doesn't mean that you have to be defined by them forever or that you can't adopt other skills and strengths from other numbers.
1: Yeah. It unlocks the box knowing like having the knowledge is what unlocks the box. Mm -hmm. Like
0: that's a good way to put it. Yeah.
1: it's, It's until you like can recognize and Put into uh words or however you understand things in your mind like you're locked into it until you can understand it and so when mm-hmm. once you understand it you have the ability to move away from it mm. you know yeah and i like that a lot sometimes it just happens sometimes it's like a major shake up in your life that causes it and uh, you know
0: but yeah it, usually that growth does come from a moment of uh, when you're in a lot of outside of your comfort zone
1: Yeah. One thing that I fear a little bit with the growth I've been having lately is I really like strong foundations. I like having something really strong to come back to. Me too. And, um, you know, this confidence boost I've had is pretty new. So like in my mind, I think about, am I building a pyramid of confidence or, am I messing around with Jenga blocks? Like am I is one (laughs) wrong thing that someone does going to knock me out of that confidence and just sink me into like this mess that has to then be cleaned up. Hmm. And that's not what I want because again, I think that you, a person should be confident in themselves for themselves to like, and then the, the, the things that they can learn about themselves, the things that they're able to do through that confidence is ultimately going to be a benefit to other people too. But I, just to kind of circle back, I have a little bit of a fear that like, because of this confidence it's real, but it's also in a way superficial. Like I'm manifesting it for myself mm. and it's been good. I've had positive feedback in my, um, interactions with people and stuff from it, but I just am like trying to like put out some like safety nets and stuff too, to like,
0: yeah, I think that it's, this is just my opinion. It's probably, whether you're rooted, whether you're a pyramid or Jenga blocks, it depends on where your confidence is rooted. Mm-hmm. Like if your confidence and your happiness was rooted in a Porsche and somebody took away your Porsche, then you're probably in the Jenga block category. Yeah. But if it's rooted in something that's, and I don't know what that, the proper place to have it rooted in is, but I'm sure there is a proper place yeah. to where you are, the more pyramid type. Yeah but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I guess you find out.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think for me personally, it's just recognizing that when things don't go my way or when someone doesn't do the thing I want them to do or doesn't feel the way that I want them to feel, it doesn't necessarily have to do with me. It's not my, it's not a, a flaw in me. It's just that this is just what happened and it doesn't change my self worth at all. It's just like, okay. And, And that's what I was talking about too, with separating emotions from your confidence. Like, you know, if something happens, if somebody says, Oh, you smell like a, you know, a rat's
0: shit or whatever, (laughs) or
1: you, or you, I don't like you, or you did some dumb thing or your voice is stupid or whatever. It's like, it's like, Oh, that's a bummer, but it doesn't change how I feel myself. Like, Oh, that kind of makes me a little bit sad that you feel that way, but I feel great about myself anyways. Like Mm
0: -hmm. just let it roll off your back. Yeah, exactly. Don't let it affect you too much.
1: Yeah. So you got to separate like I still know who I am. I'm still a solid person. I still feel good about me. I'm not in any... My health, my emotional health is not... Necessarily, or, or my physical health is not in risk. Like, I can handle this. But it's okay for me to be sad, too. Like, mm-hmm. if something happens that is traumatic, it's okay for me to, to feel sad about that or right. feel angry or feel happy or whatever the emotion is. But it's hard to do. It's super hard, especially when you for me personally, I feel like I'm a person that I was on the sidelines a lot. I never felt like I was necessarily the first choice, which isn't necessarily totally true. Like I think about things in my life that have happened now and I have more perspective. I think, Oh yeah, you know, I did better than I thought I would or did better than I, than I, than I thought. Um, but just, uh, just trying to realign perspective.
0: What happens when somebody you were just saying, like, I don't like your voice, or you smell like shit, whatever. But what if somebody says something about your personality or about your the, your whatever that you're actually sensitive about? Like, like uh, John Mulaney, he's this comedian. He says that uh, middle schoolers, like 12-year-olds, are the worst because they always knew how to call you out on the thing that you're most sensitive about. Like yeah. when you're walking across the street, the 12 year olds will be looking at you like, look at that guy. He's got a feminine hips. It's like, ah, <laughs> oh, that's the thing I'm sensitive about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> different when it's like, yeah, I, I mean, I like my smile or I don't care about my voice, whatever. Yeah. But if it's something that I, that I actually am trying to change and somebody calls you out, it's harder.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. It, it's in, it, it's, it's super hard. Yeah, and I I take that stuff pretty hard, and I'm trying to like, I'm in this weird uh, area of like trying to be confident, trying to be open to the world, but also trying to like harden my heart in some ways mm. to not be so hurt by things because it's just like, okay, life is real, shit happens. I'm confident, but there are certain things that will hurt me. Yeah. So do you? So I'm like in this feeling of like, mm, do I just be open to that? or do I harden my heart and almost make the first move in a way, which is not super healthy, I think. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I, uh, when someone calls out something that's like real for you,
0: that's yeah. These YouTube content creators, they always say that like, yeah, the comments are stupid. Like stay out of there. Uh, most of them are just bullshit anyway. Uh There's always that one that they say something that's true. Right. And, uh, it's something that I'm, very aware of in my editing or whatever, in the video that I knew wasn't perfect. Somebody caught it, uh-huh. called me out on it. And then it's just, it, it really gets under your skin.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So what do you do? Like, do you just, yeah, what you're saying, do you just, do you become this perfectionist that everything has to be perfect before you release anything into the world? Or do you have to accept the fact that sometimes you're just going to make some mistakes and, and it recognize that nobody's fully bulletproof. Yeah. There's going to be things that hurt. And I, I think that that's the latter is my way. Just like I was paralyzed by indecision before. Yeah. I was so afraid of making a mistake, being called out, being insensitive to one party versus the other, or saying something in this podcast. Like this podcast is actually a source of a lot of my anxiety. Cause I'm afraid that I'm going to say something and then look back and it's going to be so cringy that I'm going to feel terrible about it. I can take it down. <laughs> and it's already on the internet. I can take it down, but it's downloaded on some people's devices. Yeah. And I just have to accept the fact that I'm going to make mistakes and hope that people can be compassionate. Right. And, but man, when, when you get on the internet, people just have no compassion anymore. There There's this anonymity that gives them a sense of confidence that it's sickening to me. Yeah. It's so sickening
1: to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I catch myself sometimes falling into that trap a little bit too. And I I like, I'll write out a post or text message to someone. We talked about this in Las Vegas, like I'll say all the things I wanted to say and then I'll just delete it. And it was therapeutic and it doesn't hurt the other person It just like is healing for yourself. Um, But yeah, I, you know, coming onto your podcast, I wonder like, am I going to say something that's going to like,
0: well, the first thing you're going to think is,
1: does my voice really sound like
0: that? Yeah.
1: (laughs) I can tell too that my voice today is especially strange because I'm, my voice is so
0: dry. My throat's dry. I think you sound great. Exposure therapy, dude. Yeah. Just listen to it like 20 times and then that's, you won't think about it anymore. Yeah. And then, then you, you'll dissect and criticize every other aspect. Yeah.
1: I keep on waiting to like have this aha moment where I say something. I'm like, now nah, that shit was good. People are going to like this,
0: you know, <laughs> man, because I'm such a, uh, I, because I create so much content and I'm the subject and I do this podcast, I've had so many opportunities to, to look at myself and, and become aware of the things that I do, the tendencies that I have and the things I don't like about myself. So that's why I bring up the thing about killing this the version of yourself that cringes rather than the cringy parts. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. And that's it. I mean, like, um, we're uh, going to go to North Carolina to go to a wedding uh, in about three weeks. And the people whose wedding it is, they like to have a good time. They're great hosts. They throw a great party. And there's going to be dancing and stuff like that. And I want to just be a person that can be on the dance floor and just... Have a fun time and move. Yeah. And not care what anyone else thinks because everybody else looks just as foolish. But the thing for me is to stop wondering or caring, like, oh, is someone thinking, oh, does he think he looks good doing that? Like he looks like a fool. It doesn't matter if you look like a fool. Like right. be confident in what you're doing and have a good time and uh you'll be happier. That's like kind of what my My mantra is right now, just like. Good for you, man. Yeah.
0: That's amazing. I love that you've found uh, just that you found how to do that. You can be. A lot of times I'll swing to the extreme, be like, dude, I am such hot shit. Yeah. (laughs) You just walk around with your pants unzipped, like, intentionally. But like to find that balance of like, no, I mean, you know, confidence and courage, but also humility and openness to to change. Yeah. Yeah. Such a dance. And yeah, no, nobody's perfect at it, I don't think. Right. But I love that we're having this discussion. Yeah. Raising awareness about like here's something you can try. Be more like we need the poo. Right. God, I can't wait to find my four cartoon. Yeah. What if it was something weird like uh what's the
1: what's that duck um is it Daffy duck Daff- the one was just always angry and just going crazy? <laughs> Daffy or Donald. Donald, those are the two ducks that yeah. I know of. Yeah. <laughs> But I guess that wouldn't be a four. That would be more like an eight or something like that. Just a crazy angry duck. I know it's probably going to make
0: me really uh, insecure about myself. Like, oh shit, am I really piglet? Yeah.
1: So, I mean, I don't know how much more time we're going to spend, but I just like, when we talked about doing this podcast, we were talking about just like, confidence and not losing your sense of self. Yeah. And I just like want to touch on that just one last little time. Yeah, dude, touch it and hope ooh, I feel good. <laughs> um, I don't know if I'll be able to keep my train of thought, but just like learning for me, this is what I'm trying to do. This is, this is for me. Um, try not to lose myself in the service of others. You know, um, mm. I, I still want to help people, but I can't, you know, try to become something for someone else and then lose myself in the process. Because then at the end of the day, like if that doesn't work, who are you? Like, and that other person most likely has been concentrating on themselves and Mm -hmm. like knowing who they are. So then you have these two entities working for the same person and you know, who's looking out for you kind of a thing. Right. And so it's, it's challenging because you want to be a person that like is helpful and super nice and. And you can be all those things and also not lose yourself, but like learning how to do that in a healthy way when you haven't done it before, is, uh, it's a learning experience. But I'm finding that internally boosting my own confidence and then also, you know, trying to be more true to myself is what my my mind and my emotions needed and need and continue to need. And I just hope that there's not something like in the near future that's going to shake that up. I want to get some like good emotional muscles built up here before anything like gets crazy on me, but you never get to, you don't get to choose, you know, life happens. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. to go with my attempt at getting some CrossFit muscles.
0: (laughs) Dude, exercise has been massively helping with my confidence and not just because I like the way that I look, but because I just feel better.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, dude, thanks for coming on the pod. Thanks for having thanks me for on the Casting pod. this pod with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, where can people find you at artifacts? Yeah. Come Go find me at artifacts artifacts and get married. That's
1: right. Get married, buy something special for someone special or buy something special for you. Who is special, bro.
0: <laughs> Be confident. Right. Treat yourself first. And then, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I love it. One of the funny things that's happening right now is, uh, Tiffany and company just like they spend so much money on marketing. They've been marketing engagement rings for men more and like seeing men trickling in like, yeah, I want to get a ring for myself and I want to have a one carat diamond in the center of it. It's like, whoa, okay, you don't want just like a plain... Black band like most guys. No, I want like a diamond ring. Like, oh, we, that's badass. Yeah, we just had a couple from Mount Shasta. They bought some rings, and the man's ring was more expensive than the lady's ring because he really? wanted a bigger diamond. Like, because wow. he had these big hands, and it's just like more power to you, dude. I would feel so like uncomfortable having that diamond on my hand. Like when mm. I wear my Rolex watch, I'm just like. Oh. I feel a little bit like, am I trying to be showy? You know, it's like, I don't even know how
0: to read a clock. <laughs> it's like, I got my phone right here. Maybe that's something that you need to do more yeah. to put yourself outside your comfort zone.
1: Yeah. And, and it's funny. It started a conversation. You wanted to wrap up the podcast. Now no, no, going. please. We can keep going. The w- At the winery, I just was looking at my, my watch, checking the time and this guy over my shoulder was like oh yeah is that a is that a Rolex and I yeah and I looked at his wrist he had a Rolex on too and we started chatting about him a little bit so it's just like you, you never know what's gonna start a conversation like my natural instinct would have been to look at my phone to check the time but I like specifically was like no I'm gonna read this watch you know i'm wearing it it's expensive like might as yeah. well
0: actually use it it's not just like this he's trinket like, man, he's looking at his watch for a really long time yeah he's using his he's got his fingers up what is he doing <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah dude it'd be more flashy maybe you yeah. should like wear a dress to work one day just, that'd be dope you'd be you'd attract a, a new demographic
1: a nude demographic nude dem- yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i joked with the, one of the girls at the winery i was like hey do you think that dress would look good on me like it looks good on you and yeah, she didn't agree, but. You're like,
0: uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, you All don't right. have the boobs for it, Jeremy. <laughs> uh, you have to do more CrossFit, man. Yep. All right, dude. It's time to peace out. This is fun. Mic drop.